Finally, God said to Noah, it's time to leave the the ark. Go back out into the world and live. Your home isn't on this boat. Your home is out there in the world. And I know a lot of people can relate to this part of the story. It can be so difficult to head out of what has felt, at least for a time, to be a place of safety and it become familiar, to head out in new directions, even moving toward the unknown. Uh, we have a very familiar uh, story from Scripture, an ancient story. It connects with ancient stories even from other cultures and places. Uh, the story of Noah. If you were a, you know, a Sunday schooler back in the day, um, you might have first encountered this story and those felt board figures, you know, with uh, Noah and the long beard and a big boat and all the animals. That's the way it was kind of slipped into our consciousness as, as kids. But honestly, there is, when we look at this story clearly and as adults, there is a kind of foreboding darkness that surrounds the whole thing. Uh, And I'm not sure how well it reflects on God when I read it carefully. The Israelites, though, they needed stories big enough. Stories big enough to wrestle with their own experience of loss, and devastation, and guilt, and the hope of redemption, the hope of of new life. And I think we also need stories big enough to help us find hope in the midst of betrayal, and death, and devastation, and loneliness. We all will need those stories to find our way out of those rooms where we lose something, or even someone dear to us. Stories pointing us toward the hope and the promise of of new life. So uh, we back up just a bit in Noah's story. Uh, uh, Just prior to when the promised rainbow is revealed, God told Noah to build a, a boat, and Noah could build stuff. And so he set about building the ark. There's so much to the story of Noah, we can only kind of focus on a little portion of it to consider this morning. Uh, As for me, I am often drawn to the part of the story when the time came for Noah and his family and all the animals to leave the ark. Uh, I've trotted out a little book three or four times over the years. Uh, one, One of my favorites on my shelf, it's tattered, and as of this morning, it literally came in, into two pieces, so uh, I, I've referred to it a few times over the years, but this one is called Peculiar Treasures, and it's by the, the uh, pastor and, and author Frederick Beekner. It was actually part of a trilogy of books he wrote related to the lectionary scriptures that we hear in church, and it's an accounting of biblical characters from uh, it's in alphabetical order from A to Z. Beekner lifts out characters and uses his imagination to kind of flush out their story in a kind of whimsical way that he's so good at. So from Aaron to Zacchaeus, uh, the, sto- uh, the characters are, are 
covered by Beekner. And I just wanted to share this morning just a little bit of, of what he says when we get into the ends and he, and he writes a passage on, on Noah. So this is what Frederick Beekner writes about this part of Noah's story. He also remembered the endless days on the ark, the miserable food, the seasickness, the smells. When the downpour finally stopped, Noah sent birds out to see if they could find any dry land anywhere. And he remembered watching them fly away until they were no bigger than fly specks on a window pane. He remembered the feeling in his stomach when they finally flew back, having found no place to roost. Noah remembered especially one of the doves and how when he saw it returning, he had reached out over the rail and it had landed on the calluses of his upturned palm and with his eyes closed and tears on his cheeks, Noah had touched his lips to, to the bird's feathers and he felt the panic of its bird's heart. It had seemed to him that the whole world was just as fragile and as doomed. But then, after weeks, another dove came back with a sprig of olive in its beak and the tops of the mountains began to reappear out of the watery waste. And now, at last, the great promise echoed in his ears, never again. God had said, and Noah clung on to those words like a raft in the high seas. It was the second time that he sent out the dove and wondered if it would find land. Was the journey finally coming to an end, and then it happened. The dove returned with that small sprig of green. It was an olive twig. Somewhere there were trees budding and growing, and I like to point out when we encounter this passage that this is the image uh, that overlays our cross. This is that moment pregnant with hope and the promise that God had made that life will return and that this will not happen again. It's a moment that reminds us of God's presence in the Holy Spirit, in the dove, and also the sprig of promise. So much was lost. This profound moment of hope and relief, of celebration and sadness. So many had perished. Now there was a chance for a new beginning. It's a big story. It would all be possible again. Life was returning to the earth. And I know that several of you can relate to this part of the story. You've experienced a deep loss that did feel like the end at the time. But little by little, over time, hope has returned. A kind of new beginning has been given one that could not have been imagined during those dark days of loss and sadness. It felt like this kind of tentative hopefulness on a global scale, I remember just a short while ago as the world began to emerge from the pandemic. For most of us, it was the first time in our lifetimes we were 
sharing nearly the same concerns and fears with hopes and hopes with, with people all, all around the world, no matter how different our lives appear to be otherwise. People I encountered just a, a month ago, uh, who, as they were washing their clothes on large boulders and mountain streams and then heading off to worship, bringing uh, some bananas or a couple of eggs, sometimes a live chicken forward to the altar where I would receive it uh, as their offering for that Sunday. Those same people were worried about the exact same thing as those of us who maybe need to decide which car we should drive to church on a Sunday and whether or not we should go out to brunch afterwards. Imagine how different our lives are. A reminder of how small and connected the world really is was that pandemic among so many other things. So finally God said to Noah, it's time to leave the, the ark. Go back out into the world and live. Your home isn't on this boat. Your home is out there in the world. And I know a lot of people can relate to this part of the story. It can be so difficult to head out of what has felt, at least for a time, to be a place of safety and had become familiar, to head out in new directions, even moving toward the unknown. The path we thought we were on prior to the flood or the pandemic, or the job loss, or the diagnosis, or the funeral. That route we had planned and plotted may have been washed away. I can picture Noah pausing and looking back into the ark. It had been their home. It had been their sanctuary. So he took one last look around and then he walked out and breathed deep and followed the promise into this brave new world. And that's just never an easy thing to do. Turning towards God's promised future is the very story of our faith. We are always being called out of the familiar to move into the unknown future. From the Garden of Eden to the Garden of Gethsemane, we are people of the promise. We move forward into an uncertain future with a promise that God will meet us there. Noah and his family walked into God's promised future, but first Noah built an altar because that guy could build stuff. He, he built an altar to remember and to give thanks. And we gather around this altar again this morning as we so often do. And when we do, we gather around an altar that reaches back through time all the way to Noah and his family, all the way into God's promised future for us. An altar big enough to include all our grief, all our gratitude, and then we are sent out with a message of hope and promise and redemption and new life. A gospel message that brings hope and 
healing and inspiration and even joy to people who wash their clothes on boulders in mountain streams and people who go out for brunch after worship. We carry with us good news for the whole world, a story big enough, a gospel big enough, So along with Noah and his family and his friends uh, who gathered in front of that altar to remember and to give thanks, we have done the same, uh, held out our hands and heard the words, my body given for you, my blood shed for you for the forgiveness of your sin. A story big enough, big enough to uh, carry us through those challenging times in our lives and carry us forward out into the world with, with a story to share, a world that really needs to hear it. So we go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.